Thank you for listening to Cast Iron Shorts. I'm Michelle Donkin. This is our short story podcast. And earlier this evening, this story didn't exist. The way it works is that we do a call out for words on our social media network and we use those words to write a story. It's the 11th of May 2020 and tonight it's my turn to write the story. The words you gave me tonight were thunder, breaches, cell, shoe, samurai, foggy, tranquil, heartbeat, stillness, cool, chatter and flutter. This story is called The Garden. Alice's garden was magic. It was summer and school had been forgotten months and months ago. No one seemed to know when she would be allowed back. She didn't mind so much. She hadn't got lots of friends. Not unmagical ones, anyway. For months now, Alice existed in a bubble of online learning platforms and afternoons in the magical garden. Alice knew that she was luckier than most. Some people didn't have a garden, let alone one that was able to transform into different worlds. While her dad was doing his job, which seemed to be, as far as Alice could tell, about typing on the computer and speaking on video calls about spreadsheets. Alice was allowed to play outside. To any normal person, the garden would seem to be just a small patch of grass the length of ten big jumps she had counted. Alice knew, though, that the garden could transform. Only recently, it had been a fairyland full of mermaids and trolls, a space station under attack from marauding Martians, and an underwater cave system where a pirate's treasure was hidden. Alice sat on the back doorstep that afternoon, chewing on a piece of toast. This was how it would happen. She would sit and wait, and slowly the garden would change and swirl and become something else entirely. That afternoon... It was taking a long time. There was a stillness in the hot air. It made her eyelids flutter and her muscles grow heavy. Closing her eyes, Alice listened to the sound of the world around her, the gentle song of garden birds and the distant conversation from the gardens down the street. Suddenly, a clap of thunder jolted Alice up from the doorstep and she shrieked despite herself. The weather, a second ago so fine and tranquil, had shifted and changed. There were dark clouds like stampeding horses surging across the sky. The garden had changed too. It was misted cool, making it impossible to see the far end at all. Looking down at her clothes, Alice realised that she had changed along with the weather. She was no longer dressed in jeans and a t-shirt, but now wore the outfit of an old-fashioned soldier with a red coat, trousers that she thought might actually be called breeches and in her hand she held a long, shining samurai sword. Alice blinked across the new kingdom, her body shaking and her heartbeat fluttering, a delightful mix of excitement and fear. Through the foggy air she could make out a shoe discarded on the floor. 
Taking a deep breath, Alice ran into the icy cold garden towards the shoe, scooping it up and examining it closely. It was a child's shoe with some sort of old-fashioned design. Though worn, it had once been very expensive with an elaborate gold thread and a rich leather strap and thick metal buckle. Help me, roared a boy's voice far into the mist. Alice steeled herself, dropping the shoe to the ground, fixing her sword in her hand and running towards the sound. The garden had changed in the fog. Now it went on for miles and miles. The grass gave way to thick, dark bushes and gnarled trees beyond. Alice raced on through the dense forest, ignoring the whip of stray twigs that snagged at her cheeks and the cold air that made her teeth chatter. She could still hear the sound of the boy's voice, screaming and calling for help up ahead. She promised herself that she would reach him. At last, Alice came to the base of a huge mountain, rising up out of the deep forest, a wall of solid stone, cold to the touch, grey and foreboding. She tilted her head, listening for the sound of the boy. Instead, all she heard was a quiet sobbing. Tracking the base of the mountain, she followed the sound. At last, hidden around an outcrop, she found a cave, stopped fast with a metal barred door. There was the boy. He was younger than her, just a toddler, really. He was dressed in fine old-fashioned clothes, except for having one richly embroidered shoe missing. Alice thought he looked a lot like a little prince. The boy was trapped behind the metal door, making the cave a terrible cell. His cheeks were stained with tears. Help me, he cried. You have to fight the dragon. Fear plummeted down Alice's spine. What dragon? She asked the boy in a whisper. In reply, the boy's attention flicked behind Alice's shoulder and he crumpled again into pitiful tears. Spinning around, Alice found herself eye-level with the belly of a huge orange-scaled dragon. Ignoring the chatter of her teeth and the shaking in her knees, Alice lifted her sword and darted as quickly as she could away from the dragon. The beast swung around, swift as a snake, its tail whipping and shattering the rock where a moment ago Alice stood, sending shards flying out in all directions, followed by a ball of fire from the dragon's terrifying jaws. Help me! The boy screamed uselessly as Alice ran. He was convinced, no doubt, that she was going to leave him there to his fate. Alice had other ideas. Running had caused the dragon to chase her, and as she reached the nearest dark, gnarled tree, she leapt, gravity refusing to pull her down as momentum forced her legs up the length of the trunk. Arching her back and hoping beyond hope, she pushed herself off the trunk and felt herself somersault backwards over the head of the mighty dragon. Forcing her sword down as she went, she felt it hit its target with a jarring and juddering, pushing itself deep into the dragon's skull, cracking it apart with a satisfying crunch. The sword wrenched from her hand, left impaled in the head of the beast, and Alice was tumbling down and down. She twisted in midair, tucking in her knees and hoping that she would land on soft grass and not shattered rock. 
With a thud, her feet made contact with the floor, and, behind her, the dragon crumpled down too. Alice saw the cave ahead of her and ran to it. The metal bars of the cell door, as if controlled by the life force of the dragon itself, crumpled and vanished before Alice's astonished eyes. Thank you, thank you, the boy laughed, leaping around in glee at his freedom. You're very welcome, Alice grinned and offered him a little bow. That seemed appropriate. Shall I take you back to your adults? They must be very worried. The boy shook his head. I'll find my way. Besides, it's probably time for your tea. Alice frowned, aiming to ask him what he meant. But at that very moment, the boy and the mountain, the fog and the gnarled forest and the dead dragon vanished. And Alice found that she was sitting again on the back doorstep, blinking out onto the green grass with the heat of the summer sun on her face. Earth to Alice, her father was saying. Alice turned to look at him, dazed. He stood in the kitchen doorway, his arms folded and his eyes crinkled in a smile. It's a shame it's not a bigger garden. Ah oh well, one of these days we'll be allowed out and you'll be able to play in a park rather than this little space. Alice didn't say anything. She watched him switching on the kettle and humming a tune to himself as he waited for the water to boil. Turning back to the garden, she leaned her head against the doorframe and thought that she was lucky. She thought that maybe the real shame was that her dad was too old to see that their garden was magic.